0: This episode is brought to you by my free training, the three legal and tax mistakes made by new and experienced business owners and how you can avoid them. Here's the thing, there's a few key things we've all gotta do to make sure we unfuck our biz. I've seen all the mistakes and I know how to help you get past them. So here's what I want you to do go to www.unfuckyourbiz.com, sign up for the free training, watch it, and do at least one of the homework assignments I share in the masterclass. Promise? Okay, now let's dive into the episode. Well, hey there and good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever whenever you're listening to this. Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a different format. We're back to a solo show here on Thursday. You likely know if you've been listening that the past several Thursdays, all the way back through December, I've been doing interviews here in what I'm calling the Money Series. So it's basically all the episodes have been about money: how to make more of it, what to do with it, how to pay your taxes, all this kind of stuff. So we have a few more weeks in this money series left. Left, maybe just a couple more. I'd have to look have to look at my calendar to be to be sure. But this is one of the final episodes, and we're going to be talking about retirement planning one hundred and one for creative entrepreneurs. So I actually wrote this blog with the same title a few weeks ago. Some of you may have already read it. Uh, Many of you I'm sure have not, but this will be a little bit different because I'm going to basically run through the blog. I know for a lot of podcasters, this probably isn't super bizarre because they fully script their episodes. I do not do that. um, So this will be different for me, but I'm going to call it an audio blog, not an audio book because we're not reading a book. But audio blog. So with that, let's get this party started. Hopefully this will be informative, helpful, and educational for you. So we all know the importance of retirement planning. Compound interest is basically magic. There's a million and one books and blogs out there belaboring the point on why we need to start saving literally every spare cent we have beginning on our date of birth. You get it. So I won't harp on the why here. I'm going to assume that you found your way to this podcast um, because you already know the importance of retirement saving. As such, our focus will be on exploring the different options for self-employed individuals when it comes to retirement savings. But before we get there, we have a few cautionary notes. I'm a big believer in doing things in the right order. For example, do you really wanna get deep into investing if you have hate mail from the IRS and past credit card companies rolling in daily? Probably not. Our brains tend to work best when we focus on a singular goal at one time. This is why books like The One Thing are all the rage. Narrowing focus really works for two reasons. Number one, when we focus, it's simply simpler to do the work. It's easier to know what we need to be doing. Things don't get overly complicated. And two, we can feel the accomplishment of doing the one thing, which provides a psychological boost to go on and do the next thing. This second point is what makes Dave Ramsey's debt snowball method so successful. We're going to talk about that in some future episodes. So while I'll encourage you to finish reading this blog post, I'd suggest holding off on further action until you take an audit of your current processes. So I should say, I'm going to encourage you to listen to the rest of the podcast episode. Ask yourself, do I have a system to set aside a specified percentage of my business income for estimated state and federal taxes? Ask yourself, am I up to date on my past tax returns and tax payments? Am I free of consumer debt? Um, Think about everything except mortgages and student loans ask yourself, do I have an emergency fund of at least $1,000? If you answered yes, continue with bigger. If you answered no, I'd recommend starting with uh, my free masterclass, which should have been in the intro, unfuckyourbiz.com. Because that's the first logical step in our journey to be financially free. Okay, so setting aside the soapbox for a second, let's explore some of the most popular retirement savings tools. The first one is 401ks. So 401ks aren't really for self-employed folks, but I still address them here because they're the most common savings tool. It's important for us as human people to know what they are and how they work. I'm also gonna explain some key concepts uh, here by going over the 401k, so it'll be most useful. So what is a 401k? It's literally just the name of a section of tax code. So 26 USC, that's the United States code, section 401 subsection K, or in other words, section 401k of the US tax code provides rules under which employers can help their employees get some kick-ass tax deals while saving for retirement. And yes, kick-ass is a very technical term. When you contribute to a 401k, the amount contributed is deducted from your taxable income. Let's take a minute to break down what this actually means because you know I'm passionate about making taxes make sense. Assume you profit $100,000. That's your sole income. Specifically, note that we're talking profit. That's because, or sorry, that's business income minus deductible business expenses. Now, there are a few other deductions that you can use to shave down that income. One such benefit is student loan interest. Assume you paid $2,000 towards student loan interest during that tax year. You deduct the $2,000 from the $100,000, so the taxable income is $98,000. When we say in regard to a retirement contribution that the quote amount contributed is deducted from your taxable income, it's treated the same as that student loan interest. If your taxable income was $98,000 and you also made an $8,000 contribution to a 401k, your taxable income is now $90,000. So what does this mean for the taxes you'll actually owe? Assume that you end up paying 10% of your income towards taxes. 10% tax on $98,000, the income before the 401k contribution is $9,800, while 10% of $90,000 is $9,000. In other words, in this hypothetical, the $8,000 contribution saves the taxpayer $800 in taxes. Note that these are made up numbers for easy math. Is the tax savings in the present day awesome? Yes, totally, totally awesome. But what's even more awesome is the compound interest that will be earned by those contributions in the many years to come. The real magic with the 401k is the employer match. Many employers will match their employees 401k contributions up to a certain amount. This is basically free money. It's like if mom said, if you take $100 of your birthday money and put it in your college savings, I'll also put $100 in savings into the account. Pretty cool although I doubt my eight-year-old self would have taken the deal. I'd much prefer the immediate gratification spending the cash on Pokemon toys. This is the same challenge we face as adults, but hopefully with maturity, we would stash the cash and take the match. I noted earlier that 401ks are for employees. If your only income source is through self-employment income, This option won't be on the table. However, if you or a spouse is employed, look into a 401k and specifically determine whether your employer has any type of matching plan. IRAs. IRA is an abbreviation for individual retirement account. They're they're similar to 401ks. You can open one to save for retirement and you get a tax deduction for your contributions. The difference is that IRAs are not dependent on employment. Thus, self-employed folks may open IRAs. IRAs also offer more flexibilities in the type of investments contributors can make. The reason IRAs are inferior to 401ks is because there's no matching component. Roth IRAs. If you've had a chat about retirement, you've likely heard mention of a Roth IRA. They're pretty awesome. Here's the difference between a Roth and a regular IRA or 401k. Roth IRAs don't get a tax deduction when you contribute to them. So hold up. Did I just say don't? Yes. Yes, I did. But stick with me. Since you don't take a tax deduction on the front end, this means you are paying taxes on the amount contributed to the Roth IRA but you don't pay taxes when you withdraw the funds years later, which means that the funds grow and multiply tax-free. Let's take a look at an example. Assume you contribute $5,000 a year into retirement, averaging an 8% annual rate of return. After 30 years of contributions with compound interest, you would have $505,365 in a regular IRA. That's a lot of money. But how about if you invested that same $5,000 into a Roth IRA, letting the money grow tax-free? After 30 years, you'd have $611,729. Pretty awesome. So that's like a $100,000 difference. This begs the question, when wouldn't you want a Roth IRA? Let me give you a similar, sorry, a simpler hypothetical to explain a key understanding here. Assume that you anticipate that you'll make $50,000 this year and $100,000 next year. If you decide you're going to put $5,000 into savings at the start of this year, I tell you, you can choose if you want to pay the tax on the $5,000 now, or you can pay the tax on whatever the $5,000 turns out to be when you withdraw at the end of next year. What would you do? Without being a tax buff, you likely know that our tax system is progressive, meaning the more you earn, the higher your relative tax percentage. Thus, you'll be paying a higher percentage of tax earning $100,000 than you would at $50,000. So ask yourself again, do you want to pay the tax on the $5,000 when you're at $50,000 in income or when you bump up to $100,000? You'd want to pay it when your income is $50,000 because your tax rate would be lower. You'd end up paying less tax on that $5,000. Make sense? We run the same analysis when asking if we want a Roth or a regular IRA. Remember, the Roth is the equivalent of saying, I'll pay the tax when I'm still down here at $50,000 in income. And this usually makes sense, particularly if we start saving early in our careers when salary is low. We'd expect to earn more in retirement after years of increasing our take-home pay. But what if you're a high income earner now and you expect to be making less in the years to come when you'll be withdrawing funds from the account? In that case, there would be no, or I really should say little advantage or less advantage to a Roth. Ultimately, my hope is that you understand this conceptually, you can then consult a licensed professional like a certified financial planner to help you determine which account is really best for you. A regular taxable account. Above, we noted that the balance after investing $5,000 for 30 years at an 8% rate of return would be about $612,000 for a Roth IRA and $505,000 for a regular IRA. Let's now consider if you'd invested in a regular taxable account which provides no tax benefit. The money is subject to tax when contributed and when withdrawn. In this case, the ending balance would be about $430,000. The logical response to this is, why would anyone ever choose this option? Answer: Because 401ks and IRAs have contribution limits. In 2021, the contribution limit for a 401k is 19 uh, and a half dollars, and the limit for an IRA is six thousand dollars. So, in other words, you can't contribute. Um, you can't contribute more than that. You could instead, for example, contribute three thousand dollars. Sorry, let me scratch that. Skip. (laughs) I wouldn't. Let me gather my thoughts here for one moment. Okay, so I messed up that example. Let me start over. So. We have contribution limits. We said that the IRA limit is $6,000. So this means that you're not allowed to contribute $6,000 to both the regular and the Roth IRA. You could instead contribute $3,000 to each, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. This is just an example. You'd likely want to pick the type of IRA that makes the most sense for you. All right. So now we know about these contribution limits. What are our options for self-employed folks. So if we don't have an employer, what are going to be our best options? We now know that employees have pretty great benefits with 401ks, but what about the rest of us? So there's the solo 401k. Solo 401ks are created for the solopreneur. Makes sense, right? The tax benefits are the same, but a solo 401k allows contributions up to $58,000 per year in 2021. If you have employees, you may not be eligible for a solo 401k. SEP IRA. SEP stands for Simplified Employee Pension. A SEP IRA is designed for small businesses and unlike a solo 401k, works for businesses with employees. It provides the same tax benefit of a traditional IRA but with greater contribution limits. You can contribute $58,000 or 25% of your compensation, whichever is less. So translation, I did the math for you. If you pay yourself less than $232,000 in a year, your contribution to a SEP IRA is capped at 25% of your compensation. So example, if I pay myself a $100,000 salary, my SEP IRA contribution limit is $25,000, which is still a lot more than the $6,000 for a traditional IRA. A SIMPLE IRA. SIMPLE is an acronym for a Savings Incentive Match Plan for Employees. I know, I'm glad it has a SIMPLE acronym. I couldn't help myself for that pun. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, don't hate me. So SIMPLE IRAs operate a lot like SEP IRAs and provide the same tax advantages, uh, instead of boring you with all the nuanced differences between SEPs and SIMPLEs, I'll summarize by sharing that simple IRAs tend to have more advantages for small businesses with employees. If you plan to be a solopreneur for some time, a SEP is likely a safe bet. If you have or plan to soon have employees consult with a certified financial planner about which of these options might be best for you. The investing roadmap. I love a good roadmap. So to bring this all together, I want to give you the more or less definitive step-by-step on how to get started investing. So if you're employed, step one, contribute up to your 401k match, two, max out a Roth IRA, Uh, three, max out your 401k. If you're self-employed and you don't have any employment income, you want to start by maxing out your Roth IRA if you qualify. And then after you max that out at $6,000, begin contributing to a self-employed retirement plan, like the solo 401k SEP or simple IRA. As you can see, the steps are fairly straightforward. If you have an employer with a 401k match, start by stashing uh, the cash to get the match. It's free money. The next step uh, is to max out a Roth IRA. And remember the cap is $6,000, but we do have an important wrinkle here, which I kind of alluded to a minute ago. You must be under certain income limitations to qualify for a Roth IRA. The limit to this in 2021 is modified adjusted gross income of $140,000 for single filers and $208,000 for married filers. We won't fully define modified adjusted gross income here, but start by just considering your take-home pay or business profit. If you're not close to those figures, don't sweat it. Uh, You can probably have a Roth just fine. If you are close to those figures, do some independent research on what the uh, actual rules are for modified adjusted gross income. If you determine yourself to be over that cap, uh, you'll skip the Roth step in this roadmap I gave you. After your Roth, it's time for your self-employed retirement plan. This is where you introduce something like a SEP or a simple IRA. If slash when you're ready for the step, do some more research or consult a professional. So your next step. I shared above my own stake in the ground belief that you must unfuck your biz before getting really fancy with retirement savings. So I'm... Doing this podcast, like I told you, at the tail end of the money series on my podcast here, which you're listening to, if you haven't listened to some of the others, make sure you go back and give those a listen. Um, I've asked a lot of my guests about balancing debt, saving for taxes, saving for retirement, and there seems to be a general consensus among us all that we should really prioritize debt in emergency savings before saving for retirement. So this isn't really a blanket rule, It kind of depends on how much debt you have, that kind of thing. But if you have a few thousand dollars in high interest credit card debt, um, and you don't have any emergency fund, like let's try to nail down that debt and get you a couple thousand dollars in savings before you get really deep into retirement. I go one step further and encourage all of my students to unfuck their biz, since it can be done in a month or two, the whole process, before they get uh, into the weeds on what we've covered in this podcast. So again, unfuckyourbiz.com if you haven't taken the free masterclass. That's all I really have for today's episode. I do have some exciting stuff uh, coming up for you in the next few episodes. If you like this um, podcast format, let me know um, I know that sometimes I sometimes I find scripted podcasts to be a little bit less engaging, so I've been hesitant to do them in the past. Um, I know this one, since it was a written blog post, was much more dense in content. So let, let me know, did you follow it okay? Um, did you enjoy it? Do you prefer interviews? Always looking for feedback. Feel free to DM me on Instagram or post in our Braden's Besties Facebook group. So that's all for this episode. I'll catch you on the next one.